and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Amy Weber. It is really cold here in Las Vegas. It is. Really, it is. really cold. Okay, I'm stoked. I have Adam Lieberman on the show today. How are you? Great. How are you? You're used to being in my position. I am. Yeah. I am. I enjoy it. It's. Uh, it's Do you like being a guest on other shows? You know, I truthfully, I think this is... Travis, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh -oh. This is the first time. Really? This, my being show? Being a guest yeah. on someone else's show? That's. I, I don't know if that's... So. Wow. wow. Yeah, I, I can't. Okay, I, I can't feel remember. incredibly privileged yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I've never been a guest on, so this is new territory. So you are the co-host of Action Junkies. I am with John. Yep. Yeah. How how are you into action? Is that how you? No, it, it's kind of a funny story. Literally, I was hanging around with John one day, and he's like, "Do you want to jump on and do it?" And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. And sat down and. That was two years ago, and we're still kicking somehow. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I was, like, brought up around action. I mean, between, you know, <laughs> motorcycles and the... I mean, like, I've always just been a speed person, love anything kind of crazy. I'm the exact opposite. My girlfriend says I drive, like, driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not yeah. good. That's so funny. But yeah. do you enjoy, obviously, the guests that come on? Oh, absolutely, because it's such a wide range. Yeah. You know, Yeah, it's called Action Junkies, but you have everything from those Action Junkies per se yeah. to, you know, the celebrities and, you know, the 24-hour podcast that we do every year. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's one of the things I love is John doesn't do any research on any of the guests. Which is crazy. Do you not do any research? I do a little bit just okay. to know what the hell... You're going to start, start with. with yeah. yeah. But the big thing for me as well as him is we don't talk to the guests before the interview. Right. At all. Because you just want it to be natural exactly. and kind of organic. Exactly. And so much of it right before that interview comes out is the best uh, quality of the stuff. Yes. You know, you don't know. The content's right there from the start. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, gosh, that's amazing. So you're enjoying the podcast. And I know that, gosh, you've kind of been in entertainment or around it for most of my your life. My entire life. My entire life, yeah. I grew up in L.A. Um, my dad was a publicist. Um, he was John. That's how I met John originally. Okay. Uh, he Tony, Tony Orlando. publicist, yep, okay. in the 70s um, and helped him get through some of his darkest hours um, and uh, things of that nature. My dad worked with Elvis. He worked with, I mean, Engelbert Humperdinck, wow. uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Jackie Chan. Um, we moved to Vegas, and he became Sigfrid and Roy's publicist. Oh my gosh! And uh, so yeah, so we I've been around it my entire so life. So you've met all of these people, absolutely. Yeah, and my godfather is Tony Danza. So wow. Yeah, no, it's um, and it's funny. We always say growing up around that was like that's what I thought was normal. It was normal. It was normal for me. You know, my one of my best friends was Matthew Lawrence, who was Joey Lawrence's little brother. So yeah. we hung out all the time and. Every Friday night, I would be on the set of Who's the Boss? And I thought that was Just a normal, a normal thing. thing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> a normal Friday I mean, night. Every year, I post a picture of me and Alyssa Milano sitting on Santa Claus's lap at the mall. I, I love her. People have always said that I looked like her when I was younger. Um, which I was like, took it as the highest compliment because yeah. I thought she was just the prettiest. She, like, and woman. she, you know, she's went off the rails a few times, just like everybody else. Yes. But she's got her head together and she's a great person. And yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, then as I grew older, I was like, okay. This wasn't the norm. I was around things that most people do not experience, yeah. and I'm thankful for that. 
Yes. But you were in the industry. You were a child actor for a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I did some um, acting um, commercials and things. Okay. Um, I actually, and I still regret it, one one of my many regrets, but I was offered the lead in The Sandlot. And oh I, my gosh, I was supposed to know. go up to Vancouver, Canada to film it. And I turned it down because I wanted to play Little League Baseball All-Stars. It was that summer. Wow. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, as a kid, like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to. I want to play baseball. And now looking back as an adult, what the fuck was I thinking? Were you were you excited about acting or was it something you're doing because no. your parents were sort of into it? Your dad you was know, into it? I can't, um, I don't know if I really was excited about it. I knew I dreaded after school going on those interviews. Okay. My son uh, is the same way. Yeah. I had to stop. I mean, I think he's just so, people are like, oh my God, he should be a model. And I remember Abercrombie and, and you know, Fitch, he, five, six auditions and they wanted him so badly and he just, he hated it. Yeah. Like, I can't put you through this. No. And, and that's, you know, that's. With acting, with sports, with anything, I mean, they have to let the children or the kids decide what they want to do. Yeah. And I was very fortunate. My parents allowed me to do that. They gave me those choices. And I, I remember we lived in the San Fernando Valley at the time. Okay. And I went to school in the San Fernando Valley. Love the valley. <laughs> yeah. And But all the interviews primarily were in the city. Right. So I used to dread, you know, after oh, school, gosh. my mom picked me up and then having to go down into, you know, West Hollywood or Century yeah. City or wherever to go on these interviews. And you would always see the same kids. Yeah, it was always the same little group. Yeah, and uh, like a nightclub. Yeah, it <laughs> like really was. Same and it guys, just, it, you know. And I, not only did I, I had to get dressed, and I had a my mom used to bring I remember washcloths and you know to clean up. Yeah, it, it's like and you couldn't eat certain foods because yeah. it would change the color. You couldn't eat Cheetos because uh -huh. you have orange all over mm -hmm. your face. I know. Yeah, so um, you know, I got out of it to play sports, and I guess it was a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Did you go to public school in San Fernando Valley? I did not. Okay. Uh, I was always in private school. Okay. Um, so my story is I went to a Jewish day school. I went to Stephen Weiss, which is up on top of Mulholland. Yes. I went to uh, Campbell Hall for middle school okay. on Laurel Canyon, um, Episcopalian. Yes. And then went to Notre Dame High School um, over on Moore Park and Lincolnshire or Woodman and uh, and for which is Catholic. Yes. Then I graduated from Agura High School, which is a public school. So I'm Buddhist. No. Wow. Yeah, that's but, a that's a yeah. big jump in religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, were your parents kind of just experiencing no, different religious no. It, my, beliefs? No, my uh, my parents both were Jewish, okay. um, and uh, we kind of touched on it before we got on the air. Here is when I was twelve, I was studying for my bar mitzvah. Okay, and I started asking a lot of questions. I wanted to know a lot of things about just different things. Yeah, and I remember um, asking the rabbi, you know, just wanting to know why. The things, not so much where babies come from, but why are things in this manner? Okay. And they pulled my parents aside one day after one of the studies and basically said, we just don't think Adam should be bar mitzvahed. We don't think he's he's suited for it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. And we kind of went back and forth and, and it the way that I took it was they don't want me to be in the religion. Mm, that hurts. Yeah. So, um, and at this time I was at Campbell Hall. So I was okay. at Episcopalian school, which ironically about 30 to 40% of the student body at that time was Jewish. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those things where it never played a role in my life. So I had talked about years later being, going back and doing, having a bar mitzvah, but it's not a priority. 
Can you explain exactly what, because uh, look, mm-hmm. we all know what they are, but can you explain what they symbolize? So basically it symbolizes as age 13 um, becoming a, a adult or a man. Okay. Yes. And uh, the thing with it for me was, and, and we've all been to bar mitzvahs, yes. we've all been to weddings, and they're not for the child or the, the person that's you know, celebrating. They're not for the, the bride and groom. They're for everybody else. Yes. And I question that. I question why we're celebrating something like that and you have these parties and, you know, as, as we know, there's money involved and yes. there's everything else. And it was like, I didn't understand that. I don't get it either. Yeah. Listen, I'm married to an Armenian and I, I went to a, it's a teething party. I had never heard a of what a party? teething like it's, teething? It's like, like te- when the baby gets it, the first tooth breaks the That's surface. A party? That's a party. And there's like a DJ. And it's like, because, you know, the baby definitely needs to have their playlist play. Absolutely. <laughs> and they have a full bar. Baby and Shark on, on Constant no, Rewind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Baby Shark. That's exactly that. That was the, the hit of the night. But um, this was interesting because I had never been, in, you know, uh, obviously exposed to this. And the most interesting thing about the party for um, people that don't know about the Middle Eastern religion, I don't know if every Middle Eastern, but Armenian people do do this. They take a blanket, they put the baby on the floor and they take a blanket and they put a bunch of different objects inside the blanket and they kind of shake it around and then they kind of throw it up in the air and it falls down. And whatever the baby goes for, that is an indicator of what they might want to do for a living, like when they grow up. So the worst thing was that the baby went for the diamond ring and they all screamed, gold digger. Like, <laughs> so oh I was like, God. oh my God. I, I was like, I just, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. It's like, gold digger. Like, and they're very excited. I'm like, this is just out of my pay grade. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I, I was, I felt embarrassed. I just felt weird because that's not my culture. Right. We Absolutely. don't. Yeah, American white people, we just don't. No. We grab a six-pack of Budweiser yeah. and tailgate. I don't know what we yeah, do. Yeah, no. That's, I've never heard of that before. That's, yeah. I mean, not so much that the teething, but then the whole, what they're going to be. What they're yeah. going to be at when they grow up. and But like you said, the party was definitely not for the baby. Oh, it's yeah. really just an excuse to have your friends around and drink oh. and spend a lot of money. And, and the amount of money, I remember one bar mitzvah specifically was at Universal Studios and we met on the back lot and they t- we took a tram tour. Okay. For the, for the, okay, for the, the bar party? Mitzvah. Yes. Okay. So two, two full trams, it was like 400 people. Right. And the actual party was on um, New York Street in the back lot. Wait, so they rented out they the entire... Rented out. Yes. Oh my goodness. And um, the it was the video, like they do these videos, you know, yes. was actually his, I don't know if his father or mother was somehow related to Warner Brothers, Okay. but they had Bugs Bunny and him interacting with each other. And oh this was... my gosh. Yeah, this is 30 years ago now. So I, the amount of money that was spent on that alone... Right. Absurd. Yeah, I don't. I can't wrap my head around that either. Look, I throw good parties for my kids, but you know they're not going to remember when they're two, three. They're not going to remember these parties. No, no. Yeah, I remember my third birthday party at McDonald's. On <laughs> they had good Sherman cake. Oaks. Yep, really Sherman good Oaks, cake. Ventura Boulevard. <laughs> I know exactly where I was. The Hamburger Hamler was there. I mean, I remember that. I remember but, that cake. Yeah, I was like that McDonald's cake. I was like, yeah. and they're like, no, it's only for special occasions. Okay, yeah. I remember that. You know, it was a rainy day. I oh, that's that. so funny. That's I funny. remember my seventh birthday was with the Hell's Angels and they were really, yeah, that was 
cool. Okay, explain that. Yeah, so my dad, uh, you know, motorcycles, my dad ran with the Hells Angels for okay. a while. And so, um, I don't know, they just happened to, we happened to be out and we had a party and one of the Hells Angels brought me a cake and I don't know, I think I smelled some pot. I don't know, it's real weird wow. upbringing. Where'd you grow up? Illinois. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. No, I just, uh, and then when did you move to LA? So I moved to Florida when I started, um, let's see, high school. My parents moved me, went to college for a while in Florida, and then moved to L.A. when I was 21. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then do you, Vegas, the Vegas life now. The Vegas. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I don't live here, right. but I just coming in, it's nice. It's kind of like, um, I love New York. I wouldn't want to live necessarily in New York. It's just like the beach. I love going to Malibu, but I'm not a Malibu person. I don't want to have sand tracked into my house that I'm having to clean. And I don't want to have the June gloom where it's like sucked in. And yeah, Well, I, it's so funny you just said that is I lived in Hawaii for eight years. Did you really? Yeah, I lived in Hawaii from actually seven years, 2012 to 2019. Okay. And I lived literally half a mile from the beach. And I did not like going to the beach. Yeah. And it wasn't because I didn't like the beach. I didn't like the water. I hated the sand. Yep. I hated the sand. I hated tracking sand back into the house. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And crevices that I don't, I didn't even know yep. existed. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was an experience as well. Living in Hawaii, being a, wow. a white person in Hawaii. That's, am- oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, sweet. I want to talk more about school. Yeah, so I'm homeschooling absolutely. my kids and I know we've got this whole big social media. Did you have a good experience at school? Um, obviously social media really wasn't a factor. You're about, I, I'm a little older than yeah, you. Um, you know, I'm in my early forties. Yeah. Um, did I have a good experience at school? Yes and no. Okay. You know, um, I had a very strange experiences. Um, so I mentioned the bar mitzvah. So that was the whole Judaism thing. Um, my middle school was fine. Um, I look back now at what the cost of Campbell Hall is for middle school. Oh my gosh, it's insane. Yeah, it's like I, I don't understand how anybody can afford that. Right. Um, then I went to Notre Dame, and that was an interesting. My dad had quadruple bypass surgery. Okay. And I felt I was going to lose him. So mm-hmm. I spent two weeks um, in the ho- in ICU with him. Okay. I came back to school and they expelled me for school for attendance. Are you kidding no. me? And they knew they had done wrong. That is such bullshit. Yeah, they knew they had done wrong because later on they actually refunded our tuition. Okay. So they know what they had. But my growing up for me, um, my focus was not on school. It was always on sports. Okay. So I grew up around that. Okay. And my focus was playing soccer and or playing baseball or whatever it might be. Um, I wasn't bullied, um, but I also wasn't the popular kid. Okay. Um, I guess maybe for one year I was, and that, like I remember in eighth grade. I would uh, think you would have been the coolest kid if no. people knew that your dad had you know exposure to all of these you know celebrities. What? Because of where I went to school, everybody oh, true. was you know they were like, immune to it. Yeah, every, yeah, like for instance, you know, um, at Notre Dame, you know, Kristen Dunst was there. Um, uh, I remember sitting next to Rachel Bilson, who was on the OC. Right. She was next to me in Spanish class. So it was always okay. It's just the norm. Yeah, it was the norm, and and again, going back to it. I didn't know that wasn't the norm for right. most people. Well, if you're sitting next to Rachel Bilson, yeah, well, yeah. that's definitely not the norm. Yeah, but like last night, um, well, I was uh, my girlfriend and I were watching Shark Tank, okay. and Mark Cuban mentioned his brother Brian Cuban, 
had done so. He um, Brian's wedding in 1998 was the first wedding ever streamed online. Okay. And I'm like, okay, that's really cool. So Brian was a guest on Action Dunkies not too long ago. So I sent him a text. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. And I thought to myself afterwards, I'm like, most people don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just reach out to somebody randomly that they have. And uh, it's always funny because my girlfriend always jokes that where number where we go, I know somebody. Oh my gosh. My husband's the same way. Like he's like, lo and behold, there's going to be some Armenian here that I know. I'm like, I go, babe, we're like in like Boston. You know what I mean? Like at Eden, he's like, Hey bear, what's, I'm like, Oh my, what is happening? Never ends. It never ends. It's kind of cool though, that you have that many connections. It, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, that's true. Cause you can never really get away from people. Especially in this city. Yeah. Especially in the city, you know, because Vegas really like it's pretty small, right? I mean, everyone pretty much knows it is. It definitely is. Um, you know, there is life outside the strip, which a lot of people don't know. Yes. I just found that out yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always funny to me because when I people are like, Oh, do you live in the hotel? No. No, I don't, no, I don't live <laughs> in the hotel. Um, in fact, I despise going down. I can't even tell you the last time I went. On the strip. To the strip. Yeah. I know. I apologize because I went, I had to go see a house out um, in Summerlin. And, you know, I, the fact that I knew that there were houses out there, but the fact that there's restaurants and stores, that was a little bit eye opening for me. But I was just apologizing profusely. I'm like, I know you don't come to this strip unless you have to. But he had an interesting kind of take on it. He goes, you know, obviously, I don't. But he said, whenever I'm feeling a little down and I feel like I'm not really like, at my peak performance, I come down here and I see the hustle. I see there was girls in G strings with feathers in 30 degree weather yesterday, just hustling for those photos with those tourists. And he goes, I come, I come back and I, I can see this, even the small hustle. And it just kind of fuels me to go back and just, you know, get my shit together. See, and I'm the opposite. Okay. It, 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 it gives me anxiety. Yeah. It, like, we went down to uh, the Palm Steakhouse and Caesars for Christmas dinner, and literally, I walked into Caesars and I was like, "This is the reason why I don't come down to the strip." Yeah, but and and I have ult- the utmost respect for the people, and I worked in hospitality in the hotels for 20, 20 some odd years. Yeah, and the work ethic that most of these people have is incredible. Yeah, it's outstanding. Um, especially with what we've gone through over the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, with COVID and layoffs and and everything else and but vegas is back which is incredible to me you yeah know? um new year's eve people their vegas is open yeah you know new york is cutting down you know sydney paris are all sh- cutting down and they're not having their new year's vegas, not vegas vegas not fucking yeah. we're doing it but i did find you know i have to say i did find that this particular trip um because i know they've cut down on a lot of uh, they have still cut down on a lot of hospitality staff and so even like the bellman that mm-hmm. brought my bags, even the guy, you know, the room service, I felt like I felt their energy almost like they needed the tip so badly. I don't know. Like it just made me like my heart just literally, oh, I'm not going to cry again because no one has this on their bingo card for today. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> crying with Adam. But um, just the way that they were like, you know, because I, I usually tip very well and they're like, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please, I hope you have the most beautiful. It just, it was so much. Look, there. Are, everyone is always so kind to me in Las Vegas, but it was just extra. Absolutely. And it came from a place almost of desperate. I felt their desperation in a way. 
Oh, gosh. And it just made me feel really sad. Well, you know, you look at especially the Bellman room service, you know, those type of um, employees or those in that service industry, they're getting paid minimum wage for the most part. They're not getting paid very much. Yeah. And then you have these hotels that aren't running at full occupancy for so many, for, I don't, uh, an astounding amount of time. Yeah. And to have somebody come in and show, I, I, I think it's a sign of respect, to yes. be honest with you, yeah. um, is, is amazing. And as somebody that's been in a tip industry and, you know, we love people like you. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same token, I think that, the hospitality industry is in trouble per se here in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, Just because it's one thing to have 40% occupancy in a hotel. It's another thing to have a hundred percent occupancy in a hotel, but the room rates are so low that it doesn't impact anybody. It doesn't help anybody. It's actually going to hurt more people. Do you think that the the industry out here has figured out that they don't need as many personnel and they're able to kind of just kind of skate by? Because, look, I mean, I went to a totally different hotel this time because the last time, you know, I totally get it with COVID. But for me, I'm I'm. I'm not going to say you're a homebody, but I'm a homebody. That is my favorite place. Literally, like I go Mm -hmm. out, I hustle, I do my thing, I go to my meetings, I come home, makeup comes off, literally, Ugg boots are on and, you know, I'm chill. Like, I don't need to, I've I've been there, I don't need to go to, you know, a New Year's Eve party. I don't need to get dressed up. I don't need to go show my boobs to people. I, I don't need any of that. I'm. I love being home. It's just my kind of sacred. I don't have to favorite. show my boobs to anybody. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> and so I, you know, I went to another hotel, and it's just there was no real room service, right? Mm-hmm. They just kind of dump off, you know, these little bags at your door. And so I was like, wow, I'm surprised it hasn't change because you know i come once a month and like it still didn't change i'm like i'm gonna go to another hotel to figure it out and they had like the full kind of thing but i'm just wondering like are they figuring out like wow like how a lot of companies are figuring out people are working from home actually and they're being more productive than paying for a brick and mortar so Mm -hmm. therefore we don't actually need to pay the rent because for me people said real estate what's going to happen what's going on and i'm like i see commercial real estate taking a massive hit that's for me because people are figuring it out. Like we don't really, we can go online and now our employers, employees can work from home just as well as they can sitting in a cubicle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of these hotels have not made that pivot. You know, they have to adjust their business standards. Um, you're exactly right. You know, there's hotels that don't have room service now because they cut back on that. I was a concierge for 25 years. Okay. Um, here in Las Vegas and then in Hawaii as well. So working at five star, five diamond properties, you know, working at four seasons. Um, and even those properties now have said, well, we don't need concierge. We don't have to have a concierge. What does that, and, and, and I understand it, trust me. You can go on Google, you can go on Yelp, you can go on Open Table, and right. you can almost do the same thing. You're not getting that personalized experience but you can still get what you want. Right. Um, and th- it's cost effective for them. Yeah. Um, there are certain hotels here in Las Vegas that will outsource any possible thing they can. You know, you go into a lot of these hotels, the restaurants, they're outsourced. 
Really? Oh yeah. They're not actually. Co- they're not owned by the hotels. No. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You know, they're 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 stores, the shops, everything. Um, you know, I, there's kiosks now in these hotels. Right. You know, so it's. Well, I mean, even with the, I mean, I, being able to get into like the front desk, I mean, even mm-hmm. be able to get into my room literally with my phone. Right. You do not need as many people nope. with those 400 people standing in line trying to check into their room. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the other side of that is, so now that you have that, are you going to cater to somebody that's spending $100 a night in their room? You know, you don't really have to worry about, or you're going to cater to somebody that's spending ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars on the blackjack table. Right. You're going to go for that. So yeah. where are the cuts going to be? Um, and I think the the other thing with Vegas and as opposed to other cities, which is great, is that Vegas is back up to 100 percent occupancy in the sense of the restaurants. Right. There's no vaccination cards. There's no outdoor seating. I remember not too long ago we were in Beverly Hills down in and off of Canaan, and every there's. All these streets are yes, all they're all hardened off. off. Yeah, yeah you I'm can't like, even get what through. What is going on here? Yeah. Um, and what was it, basalt or whatever the ones you know yes. is at the end, and he's like has this massive. And I'm thinking, oh my god, this is incredible. Yeah. But it's um, again, it's what what are these businesses going to pivot? And like you said, they don't have to work. You can work from home now. Yeah. You're getting just as much productivity at home as you are there. Yeah, in the office. Yeah. And let me ask something for you. What made you change the hotels? Just because they didn't have the room service that you wanted? Yeah, it just felt like I felt, um, I just felt really isolated, I guess. And I'm not coming, like, again, I'm not coming to Vegas because I want to have, um, you know, like a human experience mm-hmm. with people. But you always feel when you come to Vegas that, like, welcome to Vegas. You feel that, right? And that's, like, a really nice um, feeling. And so, yeah, for me, look, I, I'm not going to go to a restaurant. I'm usually pretty tired because I'm doing real estate in the middle of doing my shows and everything else or homeschooling or talking, Zooming with yeah. my kid, whatever it is. Like, I'm kind of full full bore here um, on a daily basis. So when I go back, it's like I just felt, yeah, there was no room service. And then I had to walk really, you know, like they're, they're just, it just felt, I felt really out of touch, Yeah, I guess. And, and I'm putting so. the fifth on a lot because I could yeah. really talk about hotels specifically. I mean, shout out to area or uh, area. area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where I'm at. And, and just, I had an amazing experience. Um, this time because, you know, again, I was like opening the door for the person, you know, bringing by the, it's okay. I have it. I, you know, cause it was the same person that mm-hmm. brought my dinner last night and they knew I tipped them very, very well. And, um, I don't know. just like, I felt like they made their day and that was really and nice. And I guarantee you that person who served you that room service yes. looked for your room the next night. Like really? The Can they do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I know that... I wonder how that goes. Like, yeah. how, who gets what room and how does that get it's divvied mo- up? It's, it's a pecking order. Is it seniority? It's seniority. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I guarantee you, um, knowing, you know, uh, I've known tons of cocktail waitresses and they know certain people tip more than others. Okay. There used to be a guy that was, oh God, I want to say it was like, his nickname was like Orange Juice <laughs> because he would order orange juice. That's at it? The nothing table. in it? He, no, nothing else okay. at the table. And anytime he would get an orange juice, he would get a $500 chip. Okay. And the girls knew that. Wow. So they knew that. They needed he, to go find OJ. Fun, yeah. No pun intended. Not, no, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, Aria is a, a great property and, uh, you know, it's... it's um, it's so much change for me on the strip right now. Yeah. I'm um, like, I'm devastated that the Mirage just got sold. Yeah. To Hard Rock, and they're gonna put a big guitar 
tower in front. Are of they me. really? Yeah. Have you been down to um, Hollywood, Florida? They the there's a Hard Rock down there. They just did it. It's yeah. this massive guitar shaped tower. So I have been to a Hard Rock. I did a red carpet down. I don't remember them having a guitar. That's a new thing, right? Yeah, last couple of years. Are there going to be rooms in that guitar? Because what is that shape going to feel like? It's this is supposed to be one of the largest or tallest hotels in the city when it's done. Okay. But the mirage for me, the, the reason I came out to Las Vegas was for Siegfried and Roy with my dad. Yes. And, you know, as much as that property has changed, it still play. It has a place in my heart. But there's a feeling when you go yeah. in there and like you go over the bridge. I know. You know, and that was that property was the property single handedly that changed Las Vegas and pivoted that because of Mr. Wynn and everything else came yeah, with that. Yeah. So, but it's um you What's know What's happening to Vegas? I mean, there's just a lot of more players coming in, think, changing the the game board. I think there's a lot of that. Um obviously the corporations coming in and, and things of that nature. You know, you have something like Virgin, which is a real interesting property because Oh, Virgin, I stayed there. Did you? Well <laughs> not the best experience. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Sorry. See, no, no. Oh. And so Virgin's really interesting because Virgin is owned the hotel side of it is run by um I can't remember his name now. Um, the owner of Virgin. Branson? Uh, Branson. Yeah, Richard Branson. Yeah. And then the casino is outsourced to a Indian gaming company. Okay, this just makes total sense to me because the experience I had there felt so like two separate. Not to say, listen, I lived in India. I love Indian mm -hmm. people. I'm not saying anything. It's just, it was handled in such a different manner. Yeah. Yeah. And the energy there was, it was very low energy yeah. for me there. Yeah, and it's, you know, when, when the Hard Rock closed and turned over to Virgin, everybody thought it would be the same, and it's just not. Yeah, and the rooms were, I was so shocked how inexpensive the rooms at Virgin. I know it's a brand new to hotel, and they're trying to bring people there, but just having the Virgin name, which is, you know, like synonymous with luxury, and, you know, when you fly on their planes, and mm -hmm. um, definitely not the experience. No. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. And, and Have you been inside of it? I have. Yeah. I have. And, and this is what I've always told people is like, you can have the nicest rooms, you can have the worst rooms, but if you don't have the customer service right, and that attention to detail, all means shit. Right. It means nothing. No, it's just an energy with everything in life. It's an energy. Like when I walk into a place, whether, you know, we go to that all you can eat sushi and I'm usually afraid of all you can eat sushi because I'm just thinking like sushi's a little kind of like, uh, you know, to begin with, you won't, don't want to be like screwing around with that. Um, but all you can eat, it's like, oh God, you know, are they going to compromise on the quality of the seafood that they're giving you or the fish? And um, it's like you walk in, they're just, I don't know. It's just the energy and you just kind of know like it's going to be amazing and it always is. Right. Yeah. 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 And then there's other places you walk in and you're like, this is not going to be amazing. Yeah. This is going to be a complete failure. No, oh, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. So how do you feel about, um, you don't have kids at this point? Thank God. No. You don't want kids? Um, I was married, um, divorced now. And um, at the time I wanted kids okay. you know, when I first got married. But it wasn't the right person yeah. to have the children, my, the kids with. And if if that would have happened, you know, that person would have been in my life for the rest Forever. of my life. And God, what a fucking nightmare that would have been. Yeah. Um, 18 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so for me, no, I, I've always wanted children, um, but it's also the right time and the right person. Yeah. So... Um, with, I have cousins and nephews and that kind of stuff. And I'm good with that. Yeah. Best part about it. I can give them back at give the end of the day. <laughs> they need a diaper change. Here's mommy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
But I, I love kids. I, yeah. I do. But I have a dog. I'm good with her right now. Yeah, I know. I, I guess I wish more people would not feel the pressure to have children because I feel like it's just a societal thing where people feel like, oh, your marriage isn't complete, you know, or like you're not complete if you don't marry that person, right? We just have like these labels, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't become a mom or a dad, there's something wrong with you because now you're married and it's like people should just be able to be who they are. Well, you start dating somebody, it's when are you going to get engaged? Right. You get engaged, it's when are you going to get married? You get married, it's when are you going to have children? You know, it's just this process. Yeah. And for me, um, you know, my dad's been gone now almost 11 years. Wow. Um, and... I always wanted, I know he wanted to be a, a grandfather yeah. and, and he would have been absolutely amazing at it. Um, but for, for me personally, I have to make sure that I'm at a place in my life where I'm comfortable with bringing another person into this world. 100%. You know, whether that be financially, whether that be uh, mentally, everything. Yeah. Because like you said, it's 18 years. It's, it's a, f and it's even longer than that. Yeah. But and it's funny. My husband actually thought, um, that it would not change our lives at all. I don't know where he had this preconceived idea that, you know, suddenly like we're still going to be going out like all these things, but especially when you have premature children, everything changes, right? I mean, I had this whole entire nursery um, painted, there were pandas and I had my whole plan and I read all my books and then it's just like one little thing just throws that whole plan out the window. And then, you know, suddenly like they're co-sleepers, <laughs> you know, and they're in the same room because I'm like, they're on monitors, are they breathing? Like I can't, I need them next to me so I can feel, you know, that their chest is rising up and down. And um also, it's just, you know, look, I think it's important, uh, you know, for anyone out there that ha is thinking about having kids, um, look, you still have to put your relationship first, because if you don't have a good modeling relationship for your children as they get older and you just sort of, you know, stay together because you thought it was good for them, it's not good for them. No. Right. They're going to feel it. They're, they're going to sense it. They're going to think that it's them. I mean, I even, um, you know, was reading the other day about how, you know, if a parent comes home and they, you know, normally come in and they hug their child and something happened and they think they're protecting that child from this news, but they tell their child, can you go to your room? Cause they're trying to protect them. Their child feels like I did something wrong. Then when they figure out the information, then that was their fault. Right. I mean, they're, they're smart little beings. Oh, absolutely. So it's like you have to have a pretty solid relationship before you bring them into the world. And then you still have to work on your relationship and not just give it all to the kids. I made a big mistake in the beginning of having my kids. I neglected my husband, not neglect. I mean, we were still together. It was, but it was just kids, 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 mm -hmm. you know, cause my kids are on monitors and you know, they had all these things that they were going through and holes in their hearts. And, um, I look back now and I realize like, he definitely probably felt like second fiddle in a lot of ways or that I, you know, had stopped loving him. And so I don't know. You're right. I mean, people need to really be in that right headspace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even, you know, talking about um, in a relationship with your husband, you know, then you have to think about like for me, one of my biggest struggles through relationships has always been my relationship with my mom. Okay. Because uh, my dad was gone. I yeah. got married. So now who, I don't want to say who's priority number one, but now my mom is a widow. I'm an yeah. only child. So she needs me. My wife at the time needs me. Yes. They don't get along. Oh, fuck. They share the same birthday. Fuck. Oh. Yeah. There was no way to win. 
Um, now, you know, thankfully the, the person I'm with is amazing. They, she gets along with my mom. Yeah. I get along with her family. Um, it's, it's a great experience. Yeah. But again, goes back to it. You have to be ready for that. You have yeah. to be, uh, you know, put on your big boy pants and figure this <laughs> shit out because otherwise it's, it's not, you know, you're bringing, if you're unhappy in a relationship and then you're bringing kids into it. Right. For what? Because people think somehow that having a child is going to bring them closer together. Oh my gosh. It could not be further from the truth. No. Get yeah. a dog. Even that is difficult. Yeah. Maybe a yeah, fish. You fish? Fine. Fine. <laughs> you start, know, start, a reptile. Start small. small. Just start small. Yeah. Like my dogs. I mean, thankfully I'm up at five because, you know, I want to go to the gym because I homeschool and I've got a lot to do. And so I want to basically run my day. I don't want my day to run me. So I get up early and have to let the dogs out and feed them. But yeah. Don't have a don't have a kid. No. Until and, and our question for you: Are you one of those ones that like you have to schedule like five a.m. You have a strict schedule for the entire day. Go go go. So I have I did not. I have a schedule. Like I always have things that I want to accomplish, and I'm a check I'm a check off you know box mm -hmm. girl. I feel you know really good to check these things off. And but um, I wasn't. And then I realized like I you know I would say these things. It's so stupid for for me to say. Um, I don't have enough time because you look at these people that are doing amazing things in the world and they still have the same 24 hours that you do. It's just, they're handling them in a better fashion. So yes, over the last couple of months, I have scheduled my life literally. Like I make obviously adjustments. I'm not going to fall apart and throw myself on the floor like a toddler if something happens, um, even if I want to, but, um, yeah, I'm from five until basically four thirty. um, every single half hour is scheduled in my life. And then, um, I do what's called LBAs, which is life building activities after that. And so it's just, you know, family time. And so this year, especially I'm setting some really strict boundaries with my clients because I have to understand I am the very best at everything I do when I feel good. Mm -hmm. And the only way I feel good is if I fill myself up with things that make me feel good. Sure. So if that's working out at 5.30, that's what I'm going to do. Good for you. Yeah. And if that means that I'm not going to take phone calls between 6 to 7 because I've made a really nice dinner for my family and we're going to sit down to discuss our day, I'm not going to take phone calls, right? If there's a fire, um, I'm a real estate agent, call the fire department. There's nothing the, I can, can do, yeah, exactly. right? And so I'm having to try to like, cause you know, as an agent, it's like, you just, I'm a people pleaser too. Like, I just want to do everything for everyone and make everyone happy. And, you know, you don't want to lose business, but, but this year I just think, you know, I have to understand just how much I bring to the table to my clients and, um, you know, they need to respect this, right? My boundaries, my timetable. And nothing's going to get done between six to seven that can't get done either from seven to eight or the next morning. Absolutely. I, I, that hour, I just feel like that's, you know, and if they don't understand that, then it's probably not a client that I want in my life anyways. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is those boundaries, yeah. you know, in, in not just the work life, but just everywhere. Yep. You know, because people take advantage of everything. Right. And especially in this day and age, you know, we, it's always what's best for me and what's, what's in it for me. And, um, I kind of stopped because living in Las Vegas, I got calls all the time. Hey, we're coming to Vegas. Um, you know, oh, I can only can imagine get, being a previous yeah. concierge. Can you hook us up with this, this, and this? Oh, that makes me feel so gross. I could never ask anyone to help me no. out like that. But here's the thing with that. For certain people, like, as an example, if John were to call me and say, yes. hey, 
can you hook up this, this, and this? Right. I'd be like, but you have that relationship. Right. It's not someone calling you out of the blue. But that's what I used to get constantly. Oh gosh. And at the very beginning, I would do it because I was like, oh, I want to, I want to please everybody. Yep. I'm a people pleaser. I want to, you know. And then finally, I'm like, no. I'm like, I haven't talked to you in ten years. Right. What the fuck am I? Yeah. No. If I had a relationship with you, if you know, you wish me happy birthday, you know, happy holiday, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. But otherwise, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. And now being out of the industry, thank God, I I still get these calls. And I'm like, now I really don't have any. Oh my I don't God, even no know connections. I have no, like, <laughs> I, like I can't tell I can't you. even get a table at six no, feet away. <laughs> no, like literally I got maybe 10 people that reached out to me when Adele tickets went on sale. Oh gosh. And like, hey, do you have any hookups? Like the resale market right now, the least expensive ticket's $2,500. Can you get it for anything less? I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm like, I made one call to a, one of my ticket brokers that I knew, and I'm like, hey, give me the down low on it. Is it possible? He said, no. That's my answer for everybody. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, look, even in the real estate industry, it's like, you know, people that call and it's like, so, oh, I saw, you know, you went to Hawaii and, oh, you have a new baby. Okay. okay. Do you know any, do you want to buy or sell? It's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like you are, you just told that person that everything that you talked about meant shit to you. It meant nothing. I don't make those phone calls. Like literally like I establish relationships. People know me as a professional. If they want to refer me, wonderful. They normally do. And if they don't, they don't, but I can't be that person. It just feels gross. Yeah. I actually. don't understand how someone can just and I know like John has like a million hooks. He's like, can you give me a free, like, ugh. Like yeah. I can't, I couldn't even bring myself to do it. I don't understand well, the what separates. The other side of that is, is once you do something, you know, it's, I don't, like with my friends, I don't want anything in return. I never want that. Yeah. But when I reach out to somebody and I'm like, hey, can you do me a favor? I know damn well they want something in return at some point. Yeah. And I don't. You don't want that feeling. I don't want that feeling. I know. I don't want that. I don't want to owe anybody. I don't, I don't owe anybody shit. anybody. I owe too much on my credit cards. I don't want to owe anybody Oh else. my gosh. Yeah. I don't even owe my credit cards. I can't stand that. Yeah. I know what that comes from my childhood of needing to be in control and not having someone have something over my head that they can do something. Yeah. I just, I mean, normally I won't even, I only ride in John's car. I literally usually don't ride. I don't even want to ride in someone's car because I'm like... I want to be able to just get out. You know what I mean? Right. That kind of thing. So, oh gosh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and call my therapist after this. Yeah, time. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a couch in the other room. You know, if you need to lay down for a little bit. You know, it's funny you said something just now and it just triggered. We we're talking earlier about that customer service. Um, I picked up my cousin from the airport uh, okay. probably about three weeks ago. She was staying at Caesars Palace and I'm going to call them out. You know, I'm not usually one to do this. And we know the front entrance at Caesars Palace and, uh, her husband was already checked in. They were here for a baseball tournament. They were out playing, and she had flown in later in the day. So I pulled in. It was probably about 7 o'clock at night, and they would not let me drop her off at the main entrance. Really? Yes. And but they wanted you to go to Uber? The they Uber? wanted me to go to the Uber lot, okay. drop her off there, and she had to walk. you got to be kidding me. And I said to the lady, and, and I know, and this is, she's just doing her job. Yeah, I yeah. get that. But let's think outside the box here. This is a woman. Right. It's a Saturday night in Las Vegas. Right. She has luggage. It's probably cold too. It was cold. Yeah. You know, but she's by herself. She's going to walk, you know, half a mile or whatever it is to get. And I can't just drop her off right at the main entrance. I'm not doing it. No. Wow. And I thought about that and it's still something that bothers me. But you talk, we talked about like customer service and that, 
you know, these people nowadays, even with the vaccination cards, you know, to enforce something, it's not their responsibility. Yeah. And and these people aren't getting paid enough. To oh, my gosh. Especially flight attendants. Holy cow. I mean, there was another one on Delta Airlines I saw today. Really? Another, TMZ we had another fight. on, And I'm like, these these people aren't getting paid for this. No, they're, they're so above their pay grade. Oh, my gosh. Talk yeah. about the psychological damage to them. And the people wonder, like, why are my flights being delayed or canceled? It's just like... Well, I don't know, probably because you've got a lot of people quitting. People are retiring so much earlier than they thought. They're like, I'm not dealing with this bullshit. Like, no. it is not worth it at the end of the day. Absolutely not. To be 30,000 feet in the air and have someone basically threatening me. It's like... Yeah, and there's no place to go up there. No? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't even... I don't love flying, but I don't... I don't like flying commercial. <laughs> we, just, yes, we know. No, because like I just feel trapped and then like I don't know what's happening anyway. So, oh my gosh. It's been really cool been awesome. getting to know you more. Likewise. Yeah. I could do this another hour, but I know like you have places to go. Yeah, you know, and, and Travis has got shit to do apparently. Does he? Constantly. <laughs> Full Travis schedule. The man. Full schedule. Oh my gosh. All right, Adam, I'm going to wish you a really happy, happy uh, new year. Likewise. Amazing 2022. Yeah, only be better. Right? Can only go up from here. Well, we've said that for the last two years, and you know. <laughs> no, I, I believe it this time. I do. I do too. Collectively, I believe it. We're going to get through it. Yeah. And somehow, everyone out there, we are going to be better because of it. Let's just put that out there right now. So, all right, guys, thank you again for all the support. You're incredible. I love all your messages and um, keep them coming. I love that uh, I'm able to, you know, share a lot of things and have some incredible guests here like Adam today. So, until next show, I'll see you guys next time. Thank <laughs> you.